Welcome. I'm sweating. You're sweating. Hi. Hi, yeah. everyone. We, I'm not sweating, but Jess, Jessica is sweating. <laughs> and that's because this is the first edition of Light Languages. And our special Woo! guest. We have our special guest here today, Jessica Winans. Jessica Winans, what would you like to say about yourself? Because I know you as a soulful entrepreneur, a self-made businesswoman, a yogi, a feminine confidence coach, a journalist, an artist, and so many other things. But what would you like to say about yourself right now? I was doing the soulpreneur comment. Um, so, yeah. Well, I, I think like my current favorite introduction is Jessica Winans. I guess what rolls off the tongue most fluidly is usually, you know, I'm a spiritual life coach, intuitive business, social media strategist, and a yoga teacher in San Diego. But honestly, like lately, I've really been exploring labels and ego and um the question of like who are you without what you do and like without all the ways you identify yourself so for right now i think the way i want to introduce myself is a human an artist and a healer yeah and a, a person well, who's very excited to be on this podcast exactly so that's beautiful because that's really what we're getting at with this first question and the first question is the first two questions actually but the first question is like what is your earliest memory ever Oof. um So like the first thing that comes to mind isn't even really a memory, it's a photo of my sister, my twin sister and I and my dad uh, were in front of a giraffe <laughs> back at <up> senior. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I was like four or five. Back where I grew up up to New York, like in the Catskills, there's this place called the Catskill Game Farm. And I have this like memory of being really excited to see a giraffe. And like right. I, all I really remember is being in the car and then being in front of the strap and taking this photo. And like, I know certain things are weird that we remember, but my dad used to always wear these champion sweatshirts. I don't know why he doesn't anymore. So rude. And they were always so comfortable. And I always remember like hugging him so and loving so like the way he Yeah, so rude. And like, that was my favorite thing ever. You always remember hugging him? Yeah, and like the sweatshirt. And he always, he, my dad used to smoke cigs like all the time. And he always like smelled so bad, but like I thought it smelled so good because it was like death. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That's beautiful. What about you? Oh, one of my earliest memories. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. So I have two. And one of them, I'm not even sure if it's a real memory or if it's like a memory of me watching a videotape of myself. So it's pretty strange because the, the earliest memory that I remember as a child was like this black and white, this, I don't even want to say video footage, but it's like, there's me as a little baby walking down a hallway, but I'm seeing myself from outside of myself. 
So that's why I have the suspicion that it might be a memory of a video, but at the same time, it feels really like it's not a, it's not like I don't remember seeing a screen or anything. I just remember seeing myself in this third person view. And it's like me as a little baby walking down a hallway and then falling down. And it's like this kind of gives me chills to think about it. But like I said, I'm not sure if that's actually a memory or just some kind of like impression in my mind. But my first actual memory is of my mother changing my diaper. Like that's pretty much as, as early as I can remember is. That's pretty my early. Leg, it's pretty early, yeah. And my legs are up in the air. And I just remember being like, this is diaper changing or like something in my mind, like having this like, just this gentle impression of like, what's going on here? I don't know. I think it's cause I have a dirty diaper. <laughs> and like being a, just a little bit conscious enough to know what's like, just being old enough to kind of have a grasp of what's going on. And that must've been right before I started potty training. That is so beautiful. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> I, so yeah, that's, that's much different than my first, <laughs> than, than, than your first memory. Um, but, you know, one of the reasons I want to bring this up is because I think so much of how we view the world today has to do with memory mm. and remembering that memory is largely based on how we take things in in the moment, right? Like it's only the information that we recorded. It's all perception. Right. So it's like we just have these little snapshots of the world from our one little point of view. And then they sometimes can, if they're strong enough, they can inform our reality, right? Like they can inform how we react in certain situations because of this like structure that we've built within us based on experiences we've had. But. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think, thank you for sharing that. And I just want to add something which is you know, every single, everything, something that I always found fascinating since I was a little girl was, and I'd always like ask people around me, like, if we were looking at something, are you seeing what I'm seeing, right? Because perception is so unique to the individual and their own spiritual experience and human experience. And every single memory that we have is stored in our brain, whether it stores as trauma, whether it stores as a beautifully positive memory, whether it stores is just muscle memory is all based mm -hmm. off the perception that our body, mind, spirit, or a combination of the three has in the moment that XYZ event occurs. And it's so interesting because when you talk about trauma, especially in like the work that we do in healing and in coaching, uh, it's important to remember that trauma is based off of your perception of an event. So mm -hmm. a traumatic experience isn't always something that we might deem culturally to be traumatic. Like I'm car accident, a rape, an uh, assault, a divorce, mm -hmm. right? It can actually be right. as quote, simple or something that we wouldn't think of like being a little kid and getting in a parking lot or, you know, yeah. not learning how to tear a shoe. I have, can I tell you something, a funny Please. memory I have? Please. Dramatic. Yes. 
So I think I was in like fifth grade and this was this memory stored in my head. Dom as such a traumatic experience that I remember telling the, I think the first person I told this story to, I think I was like 20. And this happened when I was like in fifth grade. And I was in upstate New York, whatever, and we were getting ready to go outside for recess and play in the snow. And so we would, we would wear snow pants. And for some reason, like my fifth grade brain thought that you were supposed to take off your current pants to put your snow pants on instead of putting <laughs> your snow pants on your pants. And so I had like the front of the entire classroom, like took off, started to take off my pants. And the teacher yelled at me like, oh my gosh, no, Jess, like go put, you know, put your pants back on, you put your snow pants on over it. And it was literally so humiliating that that memory was stored in my brain as like the most traumatic doomsday experience of that oh year. That yes. I literally was scared to tell anybody until I told them um, when I was like 20, I think I was like a boyfriend or something. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have this really scary story. And I got this like flashback and literally my cheeks were red and I was all nervous. And I'm not really nervous about sharing much at all, but for that, that was a traumatic experience for me because that's how yeah. my brain, my memory stored it. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, it absolutely can be. And what's so interesting is it's not even necessarily trauma. It's just the fact that we build this sort of lens of what's real based on what has been real to us in the past. And sometimes I think when we're on this process of self-discovery, we have this aha moment where we say, oh, this whole pattern in my life is based on XYZ event where something went either really well or really bad or was just really strange. And then we had a reaction to it. And I think some of the biggest healing I've done lately has been coming to grips with something that happened and just saying, oh, that's, that's, that's not even real anymore, you know? Yeah. This, this thing that once determined what I thought about the world is, doesn't have to be true anymore, whether it was a political belief, whether it was a belief about myself or a belief about my family members or another, you know, it could be anything, whether I like the taste of uh, bananas or not, you know? <laughs> it's like it, it, it's really strange but yeah. it brings up truth you know it's like truth is yes. really there is no truth like there mm -hmm. is no universal truth, you know the, the closest thing i can get to universal truth is love and that we're all beings of love right but even right. that like there's no evidence to back that up that's faith and i think i think our quest for the truth as a society or individuals in all areas of our life whether it's spiritually emotionally physically like oh you know i want to get to ascension so i or i want to see the behind the veils of society or some of these things that we talk about and spiritual communities even can be problematic because it's like we think about it well what's the truth in the day like who has like who or what has the truth of every single thing and i think what's true what's really true is how you're feeling in each moment right so like right. in the present yeah. moment like i like bananas i fucking love bananas i had two bananas today me but too. That doesn't mean I love you had two, I had two no me too i love bananas i 
Uh, I think I've only had one banana today. But oh, okay. So that's all right. It's, you know. it's an okay day. You know, you had a really good day when you had a two banana day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, two bananas a day. So right now a truth for both of us, <laughs> we love bananas, right? Because we, we feel like we love bananas. So our feelings can if they don't reflect reality, right? Let's mm -hmm. say that like, you know, I don't know, let's say that sometimes like our feelings don't reflect reality. Like I could be really anxious about the fact I had two bananas or something because I think it might make me fat or something. I don't know. Maybe that statement doesn't reflect reality, but my feelings in that moment are true because they're feelings, right? So feelings can be true, but like what else can actually really be true? I don't know. Yeah. It's a mystery. Anyway, that's, my, that's my story. <laughs> so the, the second question, this is another one about memory, but this one's important because it has to do with your name. So, and it has to do with your identity. And the question is like, what is one of the earliest moments you remember in your life where you had this feeling and this notion of, I am Jessica? Um, wow, you know, that's actually a really profound question. Uh, I know I've told, kind of talked to you about this a little bit. I would definitely say it was this year. And I always kind of disassociated from Jessica growing up. I'm not really sure why. And I remember when I was um, a freshman in college and I submitted my first news article to be published, I remember making a very specific decision to identify as Jess Linens. I don't know why it felt edgy, it felt catchy, it felt sexy, it felt like masculine, it felt older for some reason. And I was like, I'm gonna be Jess Linens. And it's almost like when I did that, like I literally changed my name and my entire persona changed. And I was in that persona who I always say is like, I mean, it's still a part of me, right? But it was, it was different than who I am at my soul being. Um, there are some things about Jess Winans that I didn't love, like super rooted in ego. Okay. So, you know, I was doing a lot of, um, drinking and like, red lipsticking and like cigaretting and like <laughs> you know, thinking I was like this shit basically, you know what I mean? But just a lot of things out of ego, even like when I would introduce myself to people and I would say, you know, I'm Jess Winans, it was almost as if it came from a place of ego. And I would get so annoyed if people emailed me and they called me Jessica. Like I would mm -hmm. always make a point to go by Jess. And it's funny because I ended up getting this um, Hebrew dialect reading done from my beautiful friend, Drea Love. And she did one for the name Jess Winans and one for the name Jessica Winans. And basically the Hebrew dialect is a way to channel messages from the divine that uses um, things such as the number of letters in your name and the specific letters in your name and the Star of David. And so what she determined, what she said to me was basically the persona that I had. She didn't even know that I had this persona or maybe she picked up on it the Just Minds persona, and she described her in detail to me, and then she described Jessica. And it was like, when I heard the description for Jessica, my jaw unclenched, my shoulders dropped, and I felt so connected and so aligned with my purpose. And so in that moment, I started going by Jessica, and now I really, really, really go by Jessica. And it's weird because some people who knew me before that, like, 
I recently reconnected with two past partners and we're like friendly now. And I remember when I met up with the one, he was like, Hey, Justin, I actually cringed a little bit. Hmm. And I said, you know what? Honestly, I was like, I know this is kind of weird and out there. Um, cause he's not really interested in this kind of stuff. And I said, but can you please call me Jessica from here on out? Like I don't go by Jess anymore. And he was super understanding and he didn't even ask why, although I kind of wish he did cause it would be fun to explain. But right. now it's like something that is so important to me. And, um, Jessica to me is means is it literally translates to child of God in Hebrew. And I love God. God's my universe, universe God. And also too, like, you know, that to me is like a woman of service, like a woman of peace, a woman of femininity, a woman of um, masculinity too, what she wants. And like a woman who like, it just feels like that to me is so much more of my energy. It's like a spiritual teacher and somebody who's empathetic and somebody who's understanding and somebody who mm. creates community. And I think out of love and service instead of ego, I think, Jess Winans was like fiery and like egotistical and angry. Right. It was also that time in my life where I went by Jess, I was really angry about a lot of things. Wow. Really angry. That's so fascinating, Jessica. And even when I first met you, I was calling you Jess. <laughs> and it's so powerful that you have made this transformation. And I wanna ask, were you ever told the story of why your parents decided to call you Jessica? Yeah, this is like a specifically poignant right now. Um, my parents each got to pick who they named or like they each got to pick a name. I love my middle name, Mercedes, so we can put that really quick, but um, my mom picked Jessica Mercedes and she said that just, she just always had baby dolls growing up and she loved the name Jessica and that she, <laughs> Decided that I was her baby doll. She's gonna name me Jessica, oh. and then um, yeah, that's, and that's then Mercedes is like our family lineage. Sorry, what were you saying? That I was it. That was the question. No, you got it. You got it. That was the full question. Oh. So I almost went by Mercedes. Yeah, I was almost named Tony Anthony. I wish I was Mercedes. I love that name. Yeah. How, what what would happen if you started going by Mercedes? It's funny you said Tony. We can talk about that too. My um eighth grade science teacher or my <laughs> no, my senior teacher was like looking at the roster and he was like Jessica M. Winans. He's like, What's your middle name? And I was like, Mercedes. And he was like, That's so cool. He was like, you know, maybe when you go to college, like you can call yourself Mercedes. And I was like, wow. Okay, dude. And um I just like definitely I almost said if I ever have a daughter, when I have a daughter, you know I will at some point in some capacity. I'm definitely gonna pass that name to her because I think it's just the most beautiful name ever. But um, so yeah, I think I would have been, I don't know, we'll see softer probably a little bit. I don't know why. What about Tony? What do you think your life would have been like? Oh man. Well it's a lot different. I think Tony is is a more common name than Dominic. And one of the things I like about Dominic is that people say, oh, Dominic. Like sometimes people go, we don't see a lot of you around here. That's a nice name. And I like that it's not that common. And I like that my name mean, means uh, like gift of God or like the one who belongs to God. 
I think that's very special. But the thing about Tony is like, whenever I meet a Tony, it's, it's this kind of weird, like cosmic reminder that I was almost named Tony. It comes up in really weird ways. Like this one time I was, I was in um, Quito in Ecuador and I was out at this, this bar with some friends. And this guy is, is sitting in the bar and he, he notices us and, his, and, and my, he notices me and my friends and he comes up and he sits down next to me and his friends go over and they start talking to my friends and they're kind of like hitting on the women and stuff and just making conversation. But this guy, he comes up to me and he goes like, my friend, what is your name? And I was like, Oh, you know, my name's my name's Dominic. You can call me Dominic. You need. He's like, oh, uh, my name's Tony. And then I tell him, oh, I was almost named Tony. And I tell him that's this thing that every time I meet someone named Tony, there's something weird going on. You know, it kind of like gives me this little tingle or this like like something interesting is going to happen here. And then this guy goes, Tony. He starts calling me Tony. He's like, I am Tony, you are Tony. I have a message for you. No way. And I go, no, for real. And, and I'm like, okay, sure. I'm open to your message. He goes, Tony, my soul has a message for your soul. I am here to tell you to go and leave behind everything that is holding you back. You know, like forget about all your fears. And whatever it is your life's dream is, go and just dive into it 100%. And I was like, yeah, that's great wisdom. And he's like, no, look at me, Tony, you have to. He just looks me in the eye in a really, like, really profound way. And he's just like, no, like, my soul wants you to know. Do you know? He's like, really, like, grabbing me by the shoulders and just like making sure that I really am listening to what he's saying. And I go, yeah, yeah, I totally understand, you know? And he's like, you have to live your dream, Tony. You have to live your dream. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I get it, cool. And it was just a really funny conversation. Obviously we talked about our dreams and what we want out of life after that. And he's like, he's like, listen, Tony, don't, don't think that this is just something that happens. There's no mistakes here, he says. You know, your friends are very beautiful and I could be talking to them, but I'm talking to you because my soul is telling me that we need to have this conversation right now. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. So that's just one example of how Tony pops up in my life and how, you know, it's just one of those weird things because my mom was like, can we go back there? What's that? Can we go back? Like, I don't want to leave this yet. I have questions. Go ahead. I have questions. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So when he said that to you, how did that feel in your body to hear those words from him, that, that channeled message? Well, I knew he was right. I mean, I know this is just one of our fundamental life truths that we hear all the time. Is like, you know, if you really invest yourself in making something happen, you can make it happen. 
right? If you get rid of all the things that are in the way of that, whether they're beliefs or obligations that are draining us. So how it felt was I knew I was on that path. I was on the, that sort of like stepping stone to that thing, you know? And I think we also always are, right? Because we can, we can accomplish a dream and a goal. And then we say, now what? And then we kind of, we have a new dream or a goal. And so at the time I was like, not quite finished with school. And I, I knew there was a lot that I was subconsciously, um, I knew there was a lot within me that was subconsciously holding me back. So I knew, you know, this is an important time to, to be reminded of this. And also like a very profound confirmation that like, yeah, this thing that you hear all the time, maybe it's actually true. Maybe it actually works. Because at the time, you know, I think we all go through these periods of like doubt in what we believe is true. And I think this was one of the periods when I didn't really, you know, I felt like, yeah, you can, you can follow your dreams, but like you have to do X, Y, Z first, or you can follow your dreams, but like, it's not going to be what you really want. It's going to be what you need or X, you know, there's all these different things that I kind of justified not being exactly where I wanted to be in life. And even now, I think all of us as adults, no matter how in line with ourselves we are, we all have a framework. And the little subtle ways that our framework is dictating the world we live in, the little subtle ways that these stories we tell to ourselves every day are becoming what we see as the world of possibility around us. There's a subtle way that we can start to call those stories back and write new stories, tell new stories. And that's one of the things that we're here to do today, actually, on this podcast right now, is explore our stories and then tell new ones. Yeah. And um, thank you for sharing that. And I think, too, I think that's where, I want to say that's where coaching comes in, but that's also where just high-level friendships come in, right? So the people, our soul tribe, our soul family, coaches, healers, teachers, just our friends, what we really exist to do for one another is see each other's blind spots and elevate one another on your own unique path to your own, you know, elevated state, human consciousness, whatever it is that you are moving through, right? So, like, I think, for example, I know that I serve as a divine mirror for you to elevate you in your abundant mindset. Because sometimes, like, you know, that's something. And I think you help me be more vulnerable with people, but you also help me set more boundaries with people. Because we're able to see in one another just by being authentic and vulnerable with one another and cultivating a strong friendship and a spiritual friendship. But we're able to see in one another those blind spots, those things that are holding us back from what it is that we're trying to cultivate, whether it's love, whether it's abundance, whether it's whatever. Mm -hmm. And can I share a story with you? Please. Your story about Tony reminds me a lot of this man I met on a train. I was Mm -hmm. leaving my first photo shoot with Ashley and I was still working retail at the time and going to school and I remember I called my boyfriend at the time and I said you know what babe like I think I really need to quit 
And mm-hmm. I, you know, I really feel like if I spend the amount of money that I spend at the store, or if I spend the amount of time I spend at the store focusing on my yoga business, I can really make something out of myself. And yeah. he was asking some questions like, well, how much do you make there? Right. How much can you make with yoga? And the train conductor walked past me and I swear he looked at me straight in the face, or I guess it's not the conductor, it's whoever picks up the tickets. And he said, the only limits you have are between here, pointing to his left <laughs> ear, and here, pointing to his right ear. Yep. And he said, you remind me a lot of my son, go get it. And then he walked oh, away. And I was tripping the fuck out. And I was like, okay, I got to go. And I like hung <laughs> up on my friend. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And he ended up coming back and sitting with me and telling me about how his um, son, and he asked me how old I was, around the same age, his son like dropped everything and traveled around the world and like loved his life. And um, it's crazy because... I think no matter how much personal development work you do, I ended up quitting literally like the next week and then I do a car accident the week after that. But um, it's crazy because when, like, I just love, I love life right now. It's really, it's been really challenging for me personally. I'm learning so much and I can't wait to see what I get out of this experience. And the reason why I share that with you is because like we only see and we only perceive what it is that we see and perceive in our own reality. And so friendship, partnership romantic relationships coaches healing mm-hmm. that yeah. all really exists to challenge your what it is that you're currently seeing and allow you to see a broader perspective that's why i want to bring that up when you talk about truth yeah well that reminds me of something else that i want to bring up which is that you and i have been talking a little bit recently about social media and this is literally storytelling right and what's funny about what you mentioned about coaches and people and all this other stuff is that there are these other avenues that we take on perceptions of the world, right? We take it on through reading things. We take it on through seeing things on, uh, you know, in a movie or in a song or on social media which is really powerful because as we were talking about before, this can either influence us to change our mindset. And as the, the generation that grew up with open access to all of this stuff, you know, and, and may, maybe I started using the internet around my adolescence as kind of when I started to explore all of these different things. And I think by and large, it had a positive effect on me because I learned about a lot of crazy stuff I never would have known about had I not had the internet, you know? And a lot of the spirituality stuff, you know, it's just, it's funny because so much of it is just what we grew up with, but with a different twist from another person's perspective, you know? How does this person experience the higher self? How does this other person experience uh, worship or prayer or, dream travel or what what it means to be psychic you know or whether any of that is quote unquote real and um it's so funny because with the internet we just inundated with stories and we as conscious consumers are actually in the process of creating our minds creating our mindsets 
with the ingredients that we create in our information diet, with the ingredients that we choose to be our information diet. So that's really powerful. When I realized that, I was like, oh man, like <laughs> I'm gonna be more, a little more careful with what I look at all day, you know, and listen to. Because it's always changing things. Yeah, because it's everything, like our brain, especially like the human brain is always looking to make connections and to acquire information. I feel like I always have this like whiteboard in my brain <laughs> and yeah. like people say, say something and I get really excited. I'm like, no, 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 but this like reminds me of that and that reminds me of that and that reminds me of that. And I've never, I've like, I've never been somebody who understood people who weren't I don't want this to send me go to tickle, but it's not. It's coming from a place of love and excitement about the internet. Okay. I've never understood people who like aren't interested in many things and like don't go down rabbit holes because for me, and I think you and I are similar in that, like we'll find something and then it's, we have this wealth of information, misinformation and information. Right. <laughs> on yeah. Social media and online. And I think, again, it's just about taking that open mind and open perspective using certain deciding what it is that you're going to take from xyz information source but i i really still even after watching the social dilemma even after having a lot even after realizing i have a lot of um compulsive tendencies on social media i wouldn't say i'm addicted mm -hmm. but i have compulsive tendencies where throughout my day i notice that i'm searching on my instagram or i'm opening up my instagram randomly in the middle of the day and, and i have to ask myself why am i really doing this right now Right. Or something I say a lot too is this used to happen to me a lot. It doesn't happen that much anymore, but I used to get hit on a lot by like service people. So like uh, coffee shops, restaurants and things like that. Or they would like get really weird with me because I think mm -hmm. that they thought I was flirting with them because I was looking at them and so many people were looking down at their phones. Right. And you're just a very genuine, warm person. <laughs> it could be that too, but... And thank you, but I thought I always thought that was really interesting, and I always equated it to that. It's like, it's like people literally are like, "Why is this girl staring yeah. at you? Why is she yeah. even making eye contact?" Right. I don't know what that is. What's eye contact? And right. so, where is it going to all that? Oh yeah, but you're right. Like the internet has made so much information easily accessible to many different demographics of people. It, you know. And I think people would always, I think that some people in like academia, for example, have criticism and they'll say things like, you know, social media is bad, like read books instead. Here's like this literature, this piece of literature or that piece of mm -hmm. literature, but what we understand mm -hmm. as a collective and have more compassion for is the fact that many people can't afford to, first of all, be in that classroom and hear that right. conversation, let yeah. alone be in that classroom and that conversation and buy the textbook or embody right. a piece of literature. So what I love about social media and why I think it's our duty to be on social media and to be online as conscious beings is because it does allow us to spread information so quickly. And, you know, yeah. my biggest kind of takeaway from the social dilemma, and you and I were talking about this is, okay, well, if we're noticing that there's a problem of misinformation, if we're noticing that there's a problem of people having depression and anxiety and comparison of towards other people's bodies and these things that are happening, then we actually get to step up and rise to the occasion to infiltrate that platform, infiltrate that setting and change the environment, right? We can change the environment that we're in always. We always have the possibility to change the energy of a room we walk in. We have the possibility to change 
you know, I can plant a tree. I'm looking at my plant right now. I can plant this plant in my pot and literally raise the oxygen levels in my apartment mm -hmm. in downtown San Diego. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Think about what we can do, you know, as a collective on social media and online. Well, what's really cool is that's one of the things that you do with your platform. And that's one of the reasons I really admire you is noticing your platform and at first being like, oh, it's a bunch of, you know, cute designs and a bunch of really nice <laughs> photographs of an attractive woman. And I'm like, at first I'm like, huh, what is this? And then I look a little deeper and I read all the captions and it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is a very consciously thought out use of the Instagram platform, which is, it's very aesthetically pleasing and that draws you in. And it has a lot of magnetic elements to it, whether that's your graphic design or the simplicity of the text and things like that. But really what, what, it, what it gets at is self-awareness. You know, a lot of what I get from your content is a questioning of the self, a questioning of the soul, a, a reminder of what really matters. And like a vulnerability stream of consciousness from you, which takes that comparison loop. And like, let's say someone is feeling really insecure and they, they, they look at one of your pictures and they're like, oh no, I, uh, I'm just comparing myself to this person. And then they read the caption like even just five words of the caption and it goes like, oh, let's talk about not feeling comfortable in your body and imposter syndrome. And let's talk about, you know, mindfulness and how I got to where I am today. And what's really beautiful about your platform is you use it in an empowering way and you use it to help people build new stories about themselves and about the world. And I want to ask you how that came about. Like when you first got on Instagram, what was that? What does that story look like of you deciding to use Instagram as a conscious platform for helping people develop themselves? Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Like I'm receiving those beautiful words and that means so much to me. Um, wow. That just means a lot to me that you get that from my platform and that people receive that energy. Um, I put a lot of energy into my social media for that purpose. And to answer your question, Hmm. I mean, I got on Instagram a long time ago for a different, for many different reasons. I've used, I was talking to you and Rebecca about that earlier. I've had like upwards of 32, 32 Instagrams for different things. Like I used to be a web and social media manager for a newspaper group. I had six Instagrams for that. Um, I've had a photography Instagram. I've had a yoga Instagram. I've had a journalism Instagram. I've had a so like normal Instagram that was like kind of my sorority life and my social experience. Um, I've had Instagrams for different, publications I've had Instagrams for everything I have I, right now I have four right but what I think I think really the journey of of being authentic online and being in this space I think it really came from my personal journey about two years ago when I made the account sometimes and you'll notice this too in my writing 
Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to blame the concussion, but because I started my business like right after getting a concussion, <laughs> sometimes I accidentally write 2019, but it was 2018. <laughs> it was 2018 when I started my business, not 2019, but I always say 2019 by accident. So anyways, I created my Instagram account in 2018, the specific one that I use now. And well, I really repurposed an old account and it was right when I started my yoga journey. I was about to do my YTT. And really my biggest inspiration, and actually my Instagram bio is the same, the same sentence is still in my Instagram bio that has been since day one, which was authenticity plus vulnerability equals strength. I've changed mm. so many things about my branding, so many things about my offering, so many things about what I show up, how I show up online. But the two things that have always stayed the same are that tagline. And I've literally, most days have always posted videos on my story that I call ultraviolet thoughts. I've been doing that since my first day of making my Instagram when I had one fall. And I think a big thing I saw at the time was, and I was really focused on teaching yoga, which is funny because everything comes full circle and I'm kind of moving back into that now. But at the time, a big thing that I felt the need for was um, diversity and representation. So my initial like intuition and my initial purpose and vision for learning how to teach yoga was to bring it to marginalized spaces and to create forms of content that provide again free access to information because I remember you know I really wish where I grew up yoga was not a thing and I really wish that I had access to some of these things that I learned in my YTPT when I was growing up and so um, anyway, so the original part was number one, it was education, but number two, a lot of it was like diversity and inclusion. Cause you know, I don't, I still don't feel this way. Although my family always corrects me since I do, but like, I don't really show up. I don't look, talk or act like the traditional yoga teacher. I don't think so at all. Or like at least the stereotype. And I really, really, really wanted to show up and show women specifically, but men too, that they could love their bodies, that they can mm-hmm. look different, right? They don't yeah. have to have a six they don't have to be needle thin. They don't have to wear the fancy Lululemon outfit to do oh, yoga. Yeah. All they need is a yeah. mat and themselves. And so what I'm trying to get is, so basically um, at the time too, I was, I'm, I'm a, always been a writer. I've been journaling like every day since 2015, but I always wanted to be a writer growing up as a little girl. It was kind of like my little dream. And so I also really wanted a platform to share my writing. Mm-hmm. And so really how, my brand on my platform especially on instagram came about was you know showing up scared and and doing it anyways and but yeah. also creating authentic connection and and just I, something i've been doing since day one is i just write like i literally yeah. just write you know you asked me earlier today like how do you make up so much content I'm like it just comes out of me like i just write and i don't a lot of the things i post are not edited so you'll see like typos sometimes or like my whole book is like a channel message there's like a bunch of typos and there's like words close together and um and i do not because again it's just like showing up authentically online so i don't have a quick like answer to that question you know i wish i had like an elevator pitch of you know well i just want to empower people to be authentically themselves which i do but i don't it was all just kind of like a merging of life experiences and i think an awakening to myself which i truly believe has elevated me so much in my life you know and that's why i talk about it so much because even on my worst days where I'm like, literally feel fucking crazy or I feel like, you know, I don't look great or I feel like, I don't know, things aren't going the way that I want them to. I love myself and I've never had that like authentic self-love in ever period. And I think part of the reason why I love myself so much is because I do show up authentically and I don't try to 
cage myself or put myself in any sort of like niche market or any sort of like content strategy. I just like to show up and be me and see who comes and who resonates and then connect with them authentically. Hopefully that answers your question. Oh, that does. Absolutely. And that brings up a lot of really important points and questions too. And what I really admire about what you're saying is that right now, when we look at yoga, and we look at yoga studios, and we look at the face of yoga, there's something, there's, there's something to be, there's some reverence that is sometimes missing for what yoga may really be about, right? And for what yoga is at its heart. And I think when you mentioned to us that you are interested in showing up as a face of yoga that doesn't look like our typical faces of yoga, our Lululemon blonde haired woman teaching a core power class. You know what I mean? There's Which is so funny because not the traditional yoga. That's not. It's not. not either. It's not either. But I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, the United States and what we typically mm-hmm. see, you know, in this country when we think of yoga and we, we read yoga magazines and stuff like that and go on big yoga Instagrams by the biggest United people in the United States who talk about yoga. And what I love about your platform and what you just brought to light about your platform is we are changing this narrative that is subtly come about that yoga is for someone who's already slender someone who's already in good shape and someone who's already wealthy and beautiful and young when in reality it's actually the opposite yoga is meant to be for every single person and nobody owns this tradition and nobody you know, it's a lack of reverence to make it into something that is the catchiest, easiest to sell form of yoga, you know? And what we're doing, I think, what we're seeking to do is make this something that everyone can relate to and that everyone can find a little piece of themselves in. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, I agree. And um, kind of going full circle is also a big thing, like a big, I mean, the pillars of my first yoga program that I had were the eight limbs of yoga, because I want to always remind people that yoga is so much more than even doing yoga, like yoga, the art of union, like doing yoga asana. Okay. So what we really do when we go to a yoga class is asana. We practice asana, right? Yoga, there the eight limbs of yoga, seven of them are not physical. Seven of them, nothing to do with stepping foot on a yoga mat. And so right. when I look at my content now, I actually was talk, having a conversation in my own head about my content because I do want to start teaching asana again. And I had a conversation in my head of, is that going to resonate with my followers because I haven't taught asana in a long time. But then I'm laughing, thinking about it because all of those other things, right? Meditation self-study, setting boundaries and using your sexual energy in a healthy way for yourself, taking care of yourself, 
resting, all of those things fit into one of the other seven limbs of yoga. So it's not that I haven't been talking about yoga. It's just that I haven't been leading people through physical asana practices, right? Oh, but yeah. a lot of people don't know that. Right. And, and that's one of the most important parts is to realize that like yoga is a process of life happening and yoga is a process of us engaging with it with our degree of connectivity to it and presence and that is one of the things i should i should say that is one of the things yoga can be because i'm not here to tell people what yoga is or isn't i think that's something that we experience from the heart and that's something that we experience as individuals and i really appreciate what you what you bring up because yeah first of all i would love to see you teach asana again. And second of all, I think you do a wonderful job at hinting at all of these other limbs of this process in the work that you do. Thanks. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. You're right. Like to everybody watching, yoga can be whatever you want it to be, right? At the end of the day, like only take it as needs with you. Um, But yeah, it's definitely like an interesting conversation. Cause that is true. The other hand of this whole thing is like, well, if if you know that core power yoga class to Rihanna music, I love Rihanna, I shouldn't say that. I'm gonna pick an artist I don't love. <laughs> um, if that core power yoga class in the Lululemon pants, like is really what yoga is to you. And it gets you on your mat and it gets you connecting to your breath and it gets you moving in accordance with your body and your spirit. I don't know. Is that necessarily bad? I don't know. I don't know. Cause it's at the end of the day, like, you know, like everything is our perception of it. It goes back to the first point of this podcast. Everything is our perception mm -hmm. of it. every memory we create is a perception of an event and what we believe to be true in that moment. So do I have to take on core power? No, maybe not. Core power is core power. You know, core power is exactly what it is. And Core power can help a person get out of depression, you know, if if that's if that's what gets you to where that's a part of your path, it may be. So mm -hmm. I want to ask a new question, which is another way that we tell stories. And one of the ways we tell stories is through the things that we repeat to ourselves. And some people call these mottos, some people call these affirmations some people call these mantras and i want to ask you what are some of your favorite words that you repeat to yourself some words of power yeah um the stories we create the stories we have in our heads are what we attract um i think the one my absolute favorite mantra since um my first yoga class has always been I'm love. I really like I'm love. I resonate with I'm safe. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, everything happens for a reason. Love. I've always loved that. Since I was like in high school and I saw on like somebody's kitchen, you know, poster or whatever. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. So fucking true. Like everything happens for a reason. Right. Um, I used to be obsessed with the word Prajnaparamita, which is interconnectedness in Sanskrit. Um, 
Yeah, I honestly, I think I don't do a lot of work around affirmations because I think the energy behind the words in your story. So I think your energy creates your story, not necessarily the words you use. I truly believe that. But some quick ones. Money supports me. Money loves me. I, you know, I do a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) I do a lot of money mindset work because that's something that's really has really quick for me in the past. So like, you know, if I'm about to spend something, if I'm about to spend some money being like, you know, money loves me, money supports me. I love spending money. You know, like that's something I love spending money. Yes. If I'm going to pay taxes, like, oh, shit, my tax four thousand dollars this year i can't wait to pay the fireman i can't wait to pay the mailman i'm so thankful for this blessing i think thank you is a really good affirmation for me too actually i always thank god like that's like a big thing like thank thank you god for this food thank you god for this bed thank you god for sweater and for this conversation so yeah that's really I would say that those are some affirmations for me. Now, some affirmations I give other people in coaching and in content is like, you know, I have everything I need within me, right? right. Um, I, all the answers I seek are lie within. Everything happens for a reason. Trust the process. Trust the journey. Um, I'm trying to think of like a big one that comes up a lot in coaching. I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. you know I'm, I, I can take a break because I'm worthy of taking a break I speak yeah. my truth it has been super powerful a lot of my clients struggle with their throat chakra so um I speak my truth has been really good how about you I'm curious so many things and I'll start out by saying too that one thing I've learned about all of this is exactly what you said that these things have to do more so with what you feel and the energy, right? Because Mm -hmm. you can rehearse, you can dry rehearse a list. uh, You can pick up a new age book and it's like, here's some affirmations that'll change your life. And you're just sitting there and you're going, I am love. And you're going, I am, you know, I have everything I need inside. But it's like, until you actually feel what those things are illustrating within your mind and within your being, I don't think we really get as nearly as much of a benefit from them, you know? Because I think when I first read about affirmations, I was kind of like, okay, that's interesting. Let's see if it actually works, you know, like this sort of neuro-linguistic programming perspective of things. Like we are actually impressing something onto our subconscious mind. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Let's try it. And sometimes they had a profound effect, but other times I just felt like there's got to be something more to this. And I think it's, I think the best way to use an affirmation is to actually be that affirmation, you know, Mm -hmm. and the words help us, the stories help us, but the depth with which we engage with the words and their meanings is what's 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 the most powerful like resonating these words of power and like actually becoming them in a way so it's really powerful Uh, yeah i i I like i like a lot of the ones that you say i like i am enough 
I like, I am way more than enough. I'm so enough that it's not even funny, dude. You know, like that's, yeah. that's kind of the, that's kind of the mindset, you know, like I'm, I'm abundantly enough, you know, like shifting this perspective, even from just this simple thing to like, uh, not just I am love, but I'm like, I'm the most loving being in the universe. Not really, but you know, it's like to really take what we imagine ourselves to be and just turn it up to a ridiculous degree. <laughs> that's That's been kind of uh-huh. like have so much fun with it that you really step into that actual energy and have so such little boundaries when it comes to you envisioning yourself and talking about yourself in the ways that you actually want to be that you start acting differently you know you 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 embody this like ah <laughs> you embody this limitlessness right oh, i love the word limitless yeah yeah i think that's i mean i think exactly what you're saying so you know whatever it is for people that brings you i think actions like i just whatever brings you to that vibration you want to get into so for me like i love like music and i love swearing certain communities would say don't swear <laughs> loves like that raises my spirit literally my vibration laughing helps me yeah like you know deciding like no like i think i think i like declaration more than affirmations although i think affirmations have a purpose so just being like no like uh, like if a thought comes to my head so usually like my biggest kind of thoughts are like you know oh my god you're gonna be broke as fuck how are you gonna pay rent because you decided to take a nap or something right so what i'll right. do is i'll just say to myself like no that's not fucking true are you kidding me like jessica <laughs> get your shit together like the reality is like you actually just made money in your sleep because you rested so i do yeah. a lot of like rewriting the whole so the whole dang thing in my head and then i do something that brings me my energy up which is usually listening to a money mindset podcast or listening to music or dancing or running or calling one of my friends and being like tell me the funniest fucking thing on the planet right now so i can laugh yeah right yeah or just yeah like whatever getting out is. whatever it is you're like fuck like fuck this Fuck that thing, crying, screaming, <laughs> getting that energy out, and then coming from a place of like, oh, okay, like now I'm open to receive the blessings that lie beneath this. Because whenever you have like doubt, shame, greed, envy, jealousy, anger, it's really just those are all just emotions that are covering something deeper. And once you yes. allow the emotions to be felt, I think that's my one issue with affirmations is sometimes I feel like people don't allow themselves to feel the emotion and figure out where it came from and yeah. how to move through it. They just band aid it with like, oh no, like I'm. I'm worthy, but sometimes it's like, well, like it might help you more. It might behoove you to like figure out why you thought you were unworthy in the first place right? and move from that space of building up. That's a really, really important point because really we're not going to truly enter that vibration, that energy of like, I am worthy, like we're really standing in that until we go through the things that don't feel worthy about us until we process the pain of unworthiness, you know, until we really figure out in ourselves and just like, oh, release it. So that's where this comes from, you know, this moves from affirmation to actual, just like practice. Like you said, we have these routines, these, these go-tos, these tools that we use and not even tools. I don't even want to put it in that way because it's so much more active than that. 
you know, it's just a way of being that mm -hmm. is releasing, right? Like it's not some little checkbox of things. It's just like us mm -hmm. showing up authentically and listening to what our bodies and minds want, right? Like, like to, to really just move and flow with ourselves is to be releasing, right? In some ways. Yeah, and I think too, but then to circle back, it's also at the, at the other hand, everybody has like what I love. I love the rupaya, which means skillful means it's just the way your method, your, the way, the path that you're on in the car that you decide to drive, right. To get to the same result. So the flip side of this whole coin that we're talking about is for some people saying the affirmation gets them into the energetic vibration of being able to go within and figure and do the inner work. Cause there are sometimes in your yep. life where you're instead of like antidepressants, right? I'm not against antidepressants because I think sometimes taking them brings you into a, a space of quote unquote stability to be able to do the inner work to remove yourself off of the antidepressant. Gabby Bernstein talks about that. So it's the same thing with affirmations. Sometimes affirmations bring people to a stable vibration that's being that's able to be open and receptive to doing the inner work yeah that's why really i do great about yeah sometimes it can really help it really can and and it's an it's a story <laughs> right it's like a it's a it's an equation even a, a, a verbal invitation for the mind to step into whatever it is we're talking about whether it's i am love or money loves me you know it's just so it's just an opportunity to like slowly let that story take the place of whatever story is not really good for us. So let's talk about pain then, because pain is one of those things that we move through to get closer to that story in actuality, right? To get closer to telling that new story about ourselves. So I want to I want to ask you one time, it can be any time, when pain, recent or way, way far in the past, it's up to you, a time when pain caused you to change the story, a time when pain caused you to either let go of a story and adopt a new one, or just realize that the way that you were seeing the world was not accurate. How has pain brought that awareness out of you in any in any circumstance that you'd like to mention yeah um pain is so important i think it's an emotion that i shut off from like right when I moved out of my house at like 18 to 23, literally completely avoided pain, except for when I would literally physically get injured. But even then I had a really high, actually have a really high pain tool. Um, so, um, but I would say physically, at least maybe not emotionally. Um, I would say I, had experience with pain the past couple of days. So it's really recent comes in my mind and I, it did change my thoughts about my reality and I did help you release some things. Um, 
went so very long story short um i've had like a tumultuous relationship with my mother figure since i was 15 14 15 and i really closed off the pain from that dismantled connection forever for years almost 10 years and what i didn't realize what i wasn't realizing at the time was i was actually receiving i have many mothers I have many mothers, many mothers, you know, I have friends, fam other family members, my father even, who fulfill a motherly role in my life. Teachers, healers, myself, learning how to self-mother has been a big theme for 2020 for me. Oh, yeah. um, even partners I've dated, men I've dated, have been kind of motherly at some points. So I've had an abundance of motherly energy, mentors even. I, I've had a lot of, I dedicate a lot of my success to a part of really strong women that saw me, believed in me, and gave me opportunities, right? So, but I, it wasn't until I really felt this pain and basically what had happened was I think I still had this inner longing from my inner child to save the family that fell apart, but also like, you know, connect with the mother and be mothered by the mother. And so when I got sick, I was sick and I was going through a lot emotionally um, because the universe loves to teach lessons sometimes in ways that are painful. And so the past month or so, there's been a lot of painful lessons. And I, I think the most painful one I heard though was like releasing attachment to my mother because I reached out to her for advice, which is not something that I normally do. And um, because of our dismantled relationship and because of her own situation, she was really reactive and it was a very painful experience because in that moment i felt shut down i felt hurt i felt betrayed i felt unseen I felt unheard i felt unloved and unmothered like an orphan almost. Yeah. and on the upset side of that though so you know basically it turned into an argument and then i expressed what i was feeling and she hung up the phone and I felt so shut down and just defeated because I had really, in that moment, been trying to build a connection with her. And that was the intentions of that conversation. Mm -hmm. But that pain I felt shifted my entire perspective on, number one, myself and the ways that I self-mother, but number two, the connections that I have created. And number three, I shifted into a place of gratitude and love for that experience. Because when I allowed myself to feel that pain of basically that loss, right, of basically losing a parent um, uh. or having, having had lost a parent, what I realized on the other end was that I actually changed my perspective because I, I realized that the entire time, like the, I always say I'm like a child in the stars, like the universe has been my mother. You know, Mother Earth has been my mother. Uh, these other people in my life have been my mother. And I was able to really shift my perspective into that love and kindness and universal oneness and knowing that I have everything I need within me and that I'm also my mother. And also I've been doing, because of that, like, and a little bit before that, I've been really tapping into my more feminine energy, but also my womb. And I've been feeling so strongly like, talking to you about this. Like I love children and I just like really want to bear children at some point in my life. And I used to have this fear of like, well, fuck, like how, if somebody didn't want me as their daughter, like how can I have, how can I bear life into existence? But then I would always think of the universe would always be like, no, like, no, that's not like, no, like you, you're meant to create, not because I'm a woman, because I, I don't think that all women are necessarily meant to create children, but 
because like that's a part of my purpose and so lately i've been like really feeling instead of like fear and stress and anxiety and sadness about my dismissed relationship with my mother and the pain that they gave me i've been feeling a lot of love gratitude and excitement to raise my own children and to take all these lessons that i'm learning in the ethers but also in the 3d and um you know pass them down to my children and you know other even just children in general um so that's that's a way that i felt pain recently that gave me a new perspective and uh, really changed my i think and i feel lighter because i let myself feel it and um, a lot of us i think avoid pain because things can make us feel heavy but when you actually walk through it you feel lighter you feel free yeah oh yeah yeah when when we realize that these these feelings are visitors within us and the way that we treat them the way that we welcome them or shut them out is going to determine the state of like our inner home and so if we welcome this pain and let it sit at our table and we offer it something to drink and say all right let's let's feel this you know like i embrace you it's just going to be it's going to be a nice time. We're going to, we're going to feel so much lighter if we're chatting and laughing with our pain than if we're holding the door closed and the pain is knocking on the door and the pain's like, I need to get in here. I'm sad. And we're just like, ah. instead we can open that door and say, Hey, let's, let's sit down. Let's have a conversation. I accept you. I see you. I choose to feel you. I choose to walk with you. And then same can happen with fear and with anger and with confusion and doubt and all of these other visitors that we get daily, weekly, monthly. So I want to ask you, well, first I want to say that one of the things I really appreciate, appreciate about what you said is that we always can flip the script with our gratitude and with our, with how in touch we are with our surroundings. Because like you said, you internally for a long time felt the absence of mothering in your story. And then you looked around and you saw, oh no, 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 I, I am mothered. I have many mothers the sun, the sea, the stars, my friends, my partners, even my clients, you know, like some of these people all have that, that mother, me, yeah, sure. The, there's mothers within all of us and there's mothers within herself. And I think one of the most powerful things that we do as adults is parent ourselves. We can take everything that we felt we didn't really get in childhood because everybody's got something, you know, everybody missed out on something, mm -hmm. so to speak. But in the same way, these are going to be our strengths as adults because we have the opportunity to really grow into these parts, these empty spaces that we felt we might've had, right? They're our call to creation and they're our call to action and empowerment 
Yes, exactly. And going off of what you just said, something that I wanted to say, but I forgot, was a big lesson that I learned through that experience was expectation. So love mm-hmm. is not about expectation. Nobody owes you anything and you don't owe anybody yeah. anything. That's actually beautiful, right? So you put these labels on these relationships that we have with people in our lives and the way that they should act and how what they should do and give to you. And it just puts you in this like victim vibration of having the expectations of how a relationship should be because of the person that you're in relationship with. Right. So I think a lot of us too, we learn that the reality is like, we actually have everything we need, but the more open we are about relationships and what we expect, um, the more we realize that all of our needs are always being met. So I just wanted to add that in there as well. <laughs> Thank you. That's a nice little cap to that story because so many of the things we feel we lack are due to our relationship to them and our relationships to begin with. You know, and if we're in a relationship with uh, a friend or a partner or a teacher or mentor, we may be triggered by what feels absent, you know? And to recognize that what feels absent is not actually absent, it's just somewhere else (laughs) in our world, you know? Like it's still there. Or it's something we need to give ourselves. What's that? Or it's something that we need to be giving ourselves. Oh yeah, exactly. It's somewhere and it's within us always. And it's always something that we can give ourselves. So one last thing that I want to ask you before we part ways is, and this goes, this plays off of what you were saying about self-parenting, because I think that we are the future coming into being, right? Like the future Mm -hmm. moves through us. And so I have a question that we can ask in a few different ways. And really it's one way of saying it is like, where are you going right now? Another way of saying it is like, what is your story about the future? And the last way that I want to put this is what is your prayer for the world right now? Like what is something that you have to say to everyone right now? Mm. Do you know the song, Where Are You Going by Dave Matthews Band? No. That's a really beautiful, it's like, um, where are you going? Um, So can I just say, the lyric is, where are you going? Um, Where have you gone? I've been searching for questions to answers underneath the stars. And if along the way you ever grow weary, you can lay with me until the night of day. You're okay. That's Mm -hmm. how the song. So it was just interesting. um, Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. We love Dave. Dave's the OG. (laughs) I love Dave Matthews Band. Yeah, so... um, Okay, well, my prayer for the world and what I, what I see for the world and what I want everybody to know, this is really what I want listeners to know if they're still listening, 
and what I want you to know and what I want the universe to know and whoever listens to this is that you are loved and you are supported and whatever it is that you are moving through, we are moving through, but really this is about you, is temporary. I, as a collective, we're in the top us. We're in this transformational energy. We're in the what the fuck is going on. All of us, every day, what the fuck is going on? Even if you have a beautiful, abundant mindset, I know it's hard right now because you're probably, even if you don't watch the news and you live on a rock somewhere and you have the best mindset in the world, you probably are still tapping into our collective energy of what the fuck is going on, right? And my prayer for the world is that we all continue to become more and more authentic more and more real and more vulnerable with one another. I think some blessings that we are coming out of this year with are connection. I think people are actually, people. some people think that we're more divided than ever. I think we're more connected because when you take away all the other bullshit, think about your one-on-one interpersonal connections. They're stronger because people are learning more and more what really matters. And my my prayer for the world is that we continue to move through this transformation. My prayer for the world is not that we love and light everything. It's not. People need to feel their anger. People are angry right now about a lot of things. They're angry because they don't have healthcare. They're angry because people think that black lives don't matter for some reason. They're angry because of politics, right? And that's okay. It's okay to feel your anger because through that anger comes transformation. Just make sure that you are really being fully present in the transformation and the change that's occurring and not attaching. And that anger isn't coming from an attachment to the way that something once was. Um, you know, the wheel of fortune comes to mind, the tarot card, and just remembering that change is inevitable. And the more you can align with love, if people are like, what do I do right now? I think the best prayer I can pray for you and anybody can pray for anybody is to tap in every single morning and ask your higher powers, how can I be of service today? Yeah. How can you work through me today? Yeah. And I think anything you do from that space, anything you do aligned with love will create more love, period. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's activism, whether it's writing, whether it's art, whether it's, music so mm-hmm. that's really that's what i see for the collective what i see for myself um it's interesting because i haven't really been thinking too much about the future recently at all so i see a lot of change though i feel change i know i'm heading to a new chapter i feel maybe a move i feel an adventure maybe some love some new love some always new, new love we love that always new love, love. love. we love new love Maybe some new job opportunities. I just see a bunch of things changing. Probably going to dye my hair or something. Amazing. (laughs) We love that. We love that. So on that note, Jessica. (laughs) Hey. Hey. Jessica. Jessica. I'm going to invite you to say anything else that you want to say with regards to you and your following and if people want to find out more about you how can they find out who you are what i want to say is thank you dominic for having me on this podcast and thank you for your friendship and your brotherhood and um, our tribe. 
I want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. Thank you for spending this amount of time with us. I want to remind everybody that they're alive. If you ever start to forget that, literally just place one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly, and take an inhale through your nose. Let it out through your mouth and just keep remembering that. Seriously. Um, so anything else about me? No. I mean, if you feel called to my energy and you want to connect with me, maybe potentially work with me, you can follow me on Instagram at underscore Jess Winans, <laughs> my old name, at underscore since J-E-S-S-W-I-N-A-N-S. You can also sign up for a free consultation with me. I call them breakthrough sessions where we can help you connect to your inner purpose, find your voice, and step into your divine power. And if you're interested in some funny content from me, um, you can follow me on TikTok at <laughs> Jessica Wine. I it's love TikTok. It's good. Love it. Thank Let me you. tell you, TikTok's funny, and so is Jess, and especially Jess on TikTok. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you can follow me on TikTok. We have so much fun on TikTok. I love TikTok. TikTok is like me uncensored. Um, <laughs> and if you're looking for just a little bit of extra support. Um, every Friday, I release a YouTube video on my YouTube channel, which is also Guess What Jessica Winans. And um, I have a bunch of things like I, we do yoga, we talk about the universe, we talk about dating, we talk about um, there's a lot of free breakthrough exercises on there. So basically, if you're interested in coaching, but you can't afford it right now, it's not something you want to invest in. I actually have a lot of free coaching workshops on my YouTube. And um, you, I have all the social media. You can have me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash ultraviolacy. <laughs> nice. Um, I have a Twitter. <laughs> but he goes like, tell them everything. Um, no, but yeah, you can just send me a message in the ethers if you want. And I'll probably oh, yeah. talk to you. You can find you later. That's what I did with Valeria. So crazy. Um, wow. Amazing. Yeah. yeah that's, that's beautiful. So, Thank you. Thank you. What thank a you. Yes. Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being so authentic and honest and truthful as always. Thank you for stepping into these questions and really giving them a lot of conscious thought and for telling stories about yourself for the benefit of everyone and for allowing this podcast to take its initial step. This is our first ever podcast and I'm really honored that it was with you. And mm -hmm. I'm so excited about the future and I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening right now. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for giving us your time, your energy, your attention. Some of the most valuable things we can offer. And on that note, we'll say good night, good day, good morning. Grand rising. Grand rising. <laughs> Wherever you are in space and time right now, we love you. You are loved. Thank you. And bless the rest of your day. Oh. Ah, so fun. That was so fun. Aww.